0: Warning, this program typically features respectful, nuanced, and well-informed commentary, strong language, obscure pop culture references, and spurious allegations.
1: Let me me try that again. (laughs) I was just too excited. I got too excited and I fucked it up. I heard poorly rated Morning Joe speaks badly of me. Don't watch anymore. That was a parenthetical, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) You know, waste those two characters on the parentheses. Then came low IQ Crazy Mika, (laughs) along with Psycho Joe, came... Is another came, by the way. And then it's a new tweet. So that's like taking the piece of paper out of the typewriter. Uh, Tomorrow Lago, three nights in a row around New Year's Eve and insisted on joining me. She was, sorry. <laughs> this is this is the real kicker. It's so great. I'll tell you what. Trump knows how to really put it's, the kicker at the end. It's so Good. She was bleeding badly from a facelift. <laughs> I said no! Ah! Exclamation point! Wait, what did he say? No! I to? have no fucking idea. <laughs> like the guy's like literally a moron. <laughs> I love like low I mean, IQ I- crazy Mika, <laughs> which I like the guy crazy's capitalized, along with psycho Joe, also capitalized. <laughs> I mean, it's amazing. I, I said, heard. I said no. I said no. <laughs> she was bleeding badly. This is amazing. Not even, not even goodly. No, not even goodly. So she had had a facelift, according to Donald Trump, and she wandered, confused with a lack of blood, like a hemophiliac, you know, czarist prince, walks in, bleeding, baffled, and says, I want to join Trump. And someone comes over, I assume a handler of the president, very, you know, he's got the people around him, comes over and says, L- 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 Crazy Mika, <laughs> low IQ Mika, whatever we're calling you. Mika, Micah. yeah, Mika. Uh, uh, I don't know where Psycho Joe is. He's probably playing a, a show down in Orlando <laughs> for his Eagles cover band. I gotta tell you, you're bleeding badly from a facelift. So the president no. says no. <laughs> we,
2: we, we know of new methods
0: of attack. The Trojan heart. Greetings and welcome back to another exciting installment of the fifth column podcast. This is uh, your almost weekly rhetorical assault on the news cycle of people that make it on ourselves. I-, I was told the other day that the whole thing has become a little rote. They don't like that. Well, really? yeah. it was just one guy who said it, but I don't care. I'm Camille Foster of Freethink Media. This is episode 63. Um, this is the evening of June 29th. I actually had to check because I wasn't sure. Um, But I am sure about another thing. I am joined here in the studio in midtown Manhattan uh, with the talented Matt Welch, editor at large of Reason Magazine and Michael Moynihan, national correspondent uh, for HBO's Vice News Tonight, who is also talented. And what
1: is that it lift in the voice? He's yeah. also talented. Tell- like, if you, you know, read that in gestures. a transcript, it would I didn't, sound nice, not, but it doesn't sound I'm not reading person. it. This
3: transcript. is just helium voice. I'm just, yeah. I'm flowing. Insincerity.
1: Yeah. And you interrupted
0: me. Gentlemen, how are you? I mean, I was you good were until before. you told me I'm not fucking talented. I didn't say that. I didn't say that. But you I left me out. I, I care about you, and you know what? The first
3: shall mm-hmm. be last, and the last
0: shall be first.
3: Camille too, oh, Jesus. has been on <laughs> two of the most hashtag MAGA uh, television programs that exist in the world wow. today already.
1: State-run media. Woke up on... Were you on... Uh, on what's her name? Tony Lauren? Tony Laurens. Was
3: she doing a thing and. In... Tammy Lasseter. Uh, I'm not sure <laughs> yeah. she, if she still has a show, Tommy, but he was on... He was on uh
0: Fox and Friends mm-hmm. yes this morning. Do yeah. Fox and Friends. I woke up. They had a car in front of my house at 4 45 this morning.
1: And did, one of Steve Ducey's other kids was driving it. <laughs> was Bill Ducey. <laughs> did, did, did the rim stay on it? I mean
0: yeah, did, the, the rims the rim stayed on. Uh, and got me, got me to the office and uh an office. They, they got had me him to the do Uncle
3: Tom stuff against Susan Rice, which you can look on the internet. <laughs> yeah. And then he went on uh on uh Author the of, of The Swamp. The Swamp.
0: I did The Specialist this evening. <laughs> uh did the full thing. hour of that, uh, which was it uh, What is he was, a specialist in? Well, I don't know, actually. They, when you do the show- There's so many things I wanted to say <laughs> in response to that, but I know <laughs> when you're you on do the show, going so to be nice. No, it's fine. You I'm can be be soon? honest, be yourself. Yeah. Um, when you do the show, they ask you what your specialty is, but they don't share yeah. their specialty. His is weightlifting it, and tanning. <laughs> oh, God. It, it might be. He's sometimes like a dumb version choose, of Bernard Henri sometimes Levy. Sometimes people choose no buttons. smart. Sometimes you know people f- choose I, fun specialists. We, I've, the I've drinking Moynihan, has already begun.
3: I've seen Moynihan with that same kind of Eric Bowling look, like the uh, the classic blazer. I'm a New York uh, magazine journalist. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's not, white shirt. Sometimes of it's not a blazer. Yeah. I mean,
0: it's just a suit that he wears yeah. with the with the white shirt. But and I'm unbuttoned. The, I I, Moynihan I, doesn't
3: know the difference between
1: a suit yeah. and a blazer is. Yeah. No, no, no idea. The one thing is that when I. When old clothes, when I have it, I the good thing is that I unbuttoned. I have a bad body. Like it seems like Eric <laughs> Boeing's pretty confident in his
0: pecs. Well, I'll tell you this. Mine's just gross. Re- real talk, real talk. And I told them yeah. this. I told them this on set afterwards. Um, that is probably one of the better cable news experiences I've ever had. How so? And, and furthermore, real talk. I said this as well. That that is a rather low bar because mm. it's cable news, and I almost never Touched the stuff. Um, Granted, The Independence was the greatest show in the history of television, um, was specifically the history of cable news. Um, So (laughs) I was a part of that. It was legendary and wonderful. But I thought their show was good. And I'll tell you what was good about it. Um, They were attempting to have like a serious conversation uh, in which they dealt with kind of the. The merits of the policy, and by merits, I mean effectively just the legality of the policy there um, no merits and which which is interesting, yes, this is true, you're right um I, well, that's why i I defined it, um which at times got a little maddening because they would ask a question about uh, the two major pieces of legislation, for example, that were passed today. um actually, they weren't passed, I guess they just got out of the the house headed to the Senate uh, where they're likely to be defeated. Um, but it was uh, Amy's law and the um, new sanctuary cities uh, bill. You sure um, it's Amy's? and Not like Kate's? Kate, Kelly, and I don't. I don't remember. It's I'm slightly Kate's drunk. Law. There's a. That's th- what I said. Kate. There's no, said you said Amy. Amy's. They all oh. sound alike. Yeah. What yeah. white That's, girls? Yeah. Well, their names. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. What would be the uh, non-white girl version of that law?
3: Uh, <laughs> nice,
0: nice setup. Baniqua ben- law? Oh! Yeah. <laughs> Baniqua's law. Yeah This
1: Um, this is a a, But it'd be different Camille's black Oh my god Once an episode I gotta have a button Like a soundboard (laughs) button That says Camille's (laughs) black Well
3: because as we were Pointing out before the show When we we were pouring Our first couple of uh, drinks uh, That uh, the reviews Of our show Which are almost Universally positive And hopefully Rightfully so I would imagine They they ought to be Damn it Um, You should go to iTunes Right now before you finish this And give us
0: five stars I will punch you Camille's gonna punch Both of us here uh, uh, In the esophagus
3: (laughs) I'm uh, actually gonna give us Three stars so <laughs> that's, that's far don't shoot <laughs> but the ones that are bad are mad <laughs> because they think there were three white guys talking in black yeah. sense there's yeah. there's at
0: least there's at least two of those uh can where you someone, respond to the to the you, reviews you can can't you? but you can dislike them and say that well this isn't helpful um, but you can't. Wait, you're going to respond in white scent? No, no. This isn't helpful. It's, no, it's a it's a link you can click. It okay. says like this isn't helpful.
1: And you'll respond in yeah. the and I've done Richard Pryor slash Eddie Murphy <laughs> white guy voice. Like I really don't believe that this is a well, uh, useful you know, use of your time. You know uh, where's my free stuff? Because, because, because I, occ- <laughs> I was told that I get all the free
0: stuff. <laughs> because I am a harsh critic of certain things, yeah. and because I occasionally uh, do code switching. Mm-hmm. Um, on the code code switching, code switching, code switching means that you are, you are talking in different dialects, different ways, perhaps patterns of speech, perhaps even tone, uh, with different groups of people. And oftentimes people refer to code switching um, in the context of talking to folks of different racial backgrounds. Uh, Granted, it's a little more nuanced than that because it's about culture. I was talking to Juan Williams, for example, uh, in the news court building today, and he suggested (laughs) that we should hang out sometime, get dinner. And I was like, okay, I I didn't know you knew who I was, but sure.
3: But that's, we talked exactly like this.
0: But when I would go to my barber in New Carrollton, Maryland, but hey, you in a shop? All right, I'm coming. Yeah. I'll see you in a minute. Code switch.
3: Yeah. See? So like when morning like, man,
0: why you you don't talk <laughs> like that on TV? <laughs> well, you know, it's funny. You're lying to me. <laughs> I only I only do it on the phone, and I'm not even aware of it. And Tracy always makes makes fun of me for doing it. My my wonderful, beautiful wife. Um, and um, when I get to the shop, um, I'm Camille from TV because they like that. Yeah, they, like want to talk to me about. But when you're making the stuff. the, but when booking. I make the call, when I make the call, it's like, yeah, yeah. It's Steve in the shop. Yeah. So Moynihan, when yeah. you're when you going to
1: shop, I'm going to come down, and then you get down. it. <laughs> hey, uh, how's it going there? I'd like to get a little bit of a trim on the back of my uh, hair.
3: So Moynihan, when you're buying cocaine mm-hmm. in <laughs> Boston, mm-hmm. do you code switch and like? Uh... I mean, I code I code switch in Bo- I really do.
1: And there used to be a bar for anyone in Boston who knows the South Boston, you know, which there was like a glut it's a, it's of an intellectual movies. Capital. Yeah, intellectual capital. <laughs> um, well, now it's like gentrified. People talk about Bed Stuy. They talk about these places in New York, but Southie used to be like a place of just you know Irish trash. It was like you know Whitey Bulger was his, his Seven O's, his bar was in South Boston. It was like the Irish mob. He killed some and, people, and then he killed some people, and there was a bunch of movies. Uh, about, you know, Boston, Irish I and mean, It was Southie. So there was actually a movie called Southie with uh, Donnie Wahlberg, not Mark Wahlberg, hmm. Donnie Wahlberg, uh, which is terrible, but I've watched it 60 times. And, uh, but there used to be um, a bar called the L Street Tavern. And I lived and worked not too far from there. And I would go in there and they would have, like, cheese sandwiches with, like, a slice of uh, American on, like, white bread. And i go in there and be like, hey, what's up, Tommy? Give me a couple of lagers for my pals here. I got a fucking friend from Ireland coming in. He's from, like, Kilkenny or some shit. And, like, you don't want to go in there and be like, hey, how's it going? I'd like to. And they'd be like, fuck, get out of my neighborhood. You're raising my rents. It was, like, stuff like that. And so, yeah, like, you code like, switching is, like, I hear this in the context yeah. of, like, you know, black people code switch between. No, it's it's and thing And it's it is okay. it is like when you 're in Boston, um, uh, Joanna, who you know who designs Reason magazine, etc, very brilliantly done uh, beautiful redesign by the way, um, grew up in Ireland and speaks now after living here for some time uh, as an American, but you have to hear her call somebody in Ireland oh God. the second. They pick up, she's like, oh, it has, oh it's, a lo- it's a lovely. Oh, it's lovely to talk to you. <laughs> I can't believe we've been talking for 40 minutes. It is absolute fucking ridiculous. And, I'm, and then she gets up and she's like, hey, what's going on? What are you doing? What are you doing? And I'm like, dude, what, what is that? What happened? And she's like, I don't even realize I yeah. did." And then the great thing of the people where she comes from, she grew up in Cork, um, Swedish but grew up in Cork. And she always points us out is that Irish <laughs> people in Cork, when they get off the phone with you, they say bye like a hundred times. And yeah, I noticed yeah, this when yeah. I was there. Like, all right, nice talking to you. Bye, 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 <laughs> bye. And it just trails off. Like, what? I don't. Is that a, it's a hyphenated bye? Is it like, yeah, bye, 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 yeah. Like, it's down like lower octaves. It's very strange. But code switching is great.
0: I, uh, I I realize that I actually do it when I talk to my Jamaican family as well. Like, I, I don't I don't do it as as much because I have a terrible, completely unconvincing Jamaican accent. I mean, I, I can just understand the language. <laughs> um, and I mean that Patois is a, is a language, yeah. the we should have yeah. John McWhorter, John McWhorter, come on and talk to us about language at some point. We absolutely should. Um, He's but, uh, yeah, his, his new book about, uh, actually, uh, the black, black language. Um, and I, am forgetting yeah. what, what he, uh, the phrase he uses, but he doesn't call it Ebonics. No. Um, but I mean, it's, it's actually a super interesting read and he, made me think about uh, language in a very different way. In fact, I'm super familiar with John's writing on race, and mm. I read a lot of it. And in fact, Losing the Race was a really influential book for me, um, which was his uh, his first uh, book, which made him notorious, um, <clears throat> uh, on race anyways. But um, I only recently started reading some of his books about language, and one of which I I'm, I'm, I just read, the, the race one recently, the other one I had an audiobook of, And audiobooks for books about language, when you are reading a linguist as sort of informed and interesting as John is, is fantastic because he speaks a bunch of languages and is saying words in other languages and you can't really get it. If you yeah. can't hear them talking about it, so that's a
1: which one was that? Because there's thing. a great one about English language called "Our Magnificent Bastard Tongue" or something like that. That was and the I thing haven't about read that one it's yet. really good. And mm-hmm. the thing about John is if if you need another podcast to listen to, John doesn't do a podcast, mm-hmm. but um, y- you know, you should always listen to this one first. But Glenn Lowry yeah. um, from Brown University does one. and he, they do a thing. Uh, once every couple of weeks, and it's like basically John and Glenn, and it's mm-hmm. a blogging heads thing. But you can get it on iTunes. The, the Glenn Show, yeah, it's the Glenn Show, and uh, they're really, really brilliant. Two incredibly brilliant guys that talk about you know, you know, uncomfortable, complicated issues, uh, particularly stuff about academia and universities. And the interesting thing about it is how it, clean and articulate they are. Uh, no, <laughs> <laughs> is how um, I d- w- am constantly surprised. By things that John says, arguments that I would suspect that he would take a particular side on. And he's, you know, he's, he's beyond classification in a lot of ways. And I find him uh, to be one of the more interesting uh, thinkers out there, even when, even when there's stuff and there's been books um, that he's, he's written that I'm not totally on board with, but I'm,
0: you know, enriched by reading them. He's, he's, he's great. I really like, we should have him on the show. Yeah, for sure. I I will, uh, I'll make the ask because we're very good friends. Um, the, uh, <laughs> the language hoax is the, uh, is the book that I was referring yeah. to. It's good. Hoax. Uh, yeah, it's really good. <clears throat> right, Super I'll, interesting. I'll, I'll, I'll um, but that. we should, we should do some, uh, we should do some, uh, not so heavy lifting, uh, cause I don't know if I can take much more of this. Um, but we should talk about some of the big issues of the day and, and Matt, perhaps as a jumping off point, I know that you don't want to, you know, toot your own horn, but, Apparently, Reason won a bunch of awards at some thing, like 22 awards, ran the table. It's no one else won anything. Um, Heaton, Meredith, and Austin Bragg, Anthony L. Fisher, former Reasonite, uh, Ron Bailey, uh, various other people won things. You can name check them if you want to. Um, but you were at this event and you heard uh, a spiel from uh, a dude named so, Jake Tapper? What no one gives a Spleel.
3: No one gives a shit about journalism awards uh, except uh, maybe uh, journalists. Uh, but what made this interesting Especially is— Especially
0: reason when they're
1: cleaning this up. Is,
3: uh, we won five awards. We'd, we've won more before. We won seven, I think, last Incidentally, year.
1: Incidentally, wow. we haven't identified the award ceremony. This was called the Reason Awards. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh,
3: the L.A. Press Club, which I used yeah. to be a board member of. The, they did the Southern California Journalism Awards. And if you go on Google image search— uh like historical settings by the way google news have you guys seen the ab- the abortion i said it i i yeah. censored myself yeah and then i'm just going to say it i started tweeting it. about this the 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 google news redesign my god uh uh just I, thought, I hadn't seen it. I'm going to look at it No right I mean it's you can't search by date what's the fucking point of no, this is, Matt you just man, don't it's just you
1: don't know what you're doing Matt you, you don't know, know how the internet works that's whatever fine. that's get true get off my lawn get back to your story <laughs>
3: <laughs> So anyways uh uh no so the they they've been around for 59 years uh, in their first awards things it was held in the ambassador hotel famous place where uh, Rob, uh, Bobby Kennedy's uh, brains got splattered uh, I think by Rosie Ooh. Greer Ooh, um, that's
1: not a nice way of putting it. Well,
0: I mean, that's yeah. I mean, yeah. that's what sir Sirhan, right? And, and Matt may be right about that not being
3: able to search by date. That's some that's some bullshit. See, look at that. What I'm you're... not wrong. No, check it out. Google I mean, news I, has... I
0: only took a look. It should be more intuitive than no. That. You Google can't
3: news. It's you actually have to go back to and, and search on the original Google and then toggle it. Anyways, yeah. so but the early awards, the Marilyn Monroe was like Miss Press Club. So, like, she's Marilyn Monroe is like handing out awards or like posing in the sash. So, like, fun. And now it's you and Austin Bragg? <laughs> it's me and Austin Bragg. But have you seen him with his shirt off? He looks really good. Uh, the wow. weird answer
1: to that question is I think probably. Yeah.
3: Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, so um, this year uh, I, I go to these things to see old friends and to represent reason. Um, And to see if I win. And I totally did not uh, personally uh, this year. Um, And uh, this year they're handing out. uh, It's always interesting in the context of this kind of ongoing fight that we've talked a lot about on the show between planet Trump and planet media um, to see how the uh, kind of journalism industry talks to itself about itself about the age of Trump. Right. Mm. So this thing uh, was started with the uh, mayor, LA mayor, uh, Eric Garcetti, mm-hmm. um, just like speaking in the first pl- person plural. It's like, you know, we all, all of us, just to understand how, you know, what a terrible moment this is. And, and the, the son, by the way, of Gil Garcetti. Yes. Right? Um, yes. Um, the former. Um, uh, district Attorney, District Attorney who prosecuted the OJ case, yeah, uh, yeah, um, and Eric Garcia. Nice job, guy! <laughs> yeah, way to go! <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: <laughs> I mean, it was a close, close call yeah. there.
3: Yeah. The whole I-
0: beheading and everything.
3: <laughs> Junior has had ambitions to be president forever, and has yeah. done everything. And he's, you know, he's. He's been knocking things off the board. and He spoke last year at the... He was the <coughs> commencement speaker at Columbia University last year. Oh, was he? Or two years ago, yeah. Yeah, you he's talk in talking about the Na-
0: failure, learning from failure.
1: Yeah. He's yeah, yeah. in the Navy Reserver. How to get away with murder.
3: <laughs> <laughs> he speaks fluent Spanish. He was the model for Car City on... Uh, on uh, the wire, uh, the whole bit. But he starts off this this really kind of, uh, I don't know how to pronounce the word, oleaginous, the kind of oily. I'll hmm. allow that. Thank that's, you. That's it's wrong, but it's I okay. came close. <laughs> look, it's closer than Camille would have gotten. Yeah. No, um, it's true. I mean, uh, I wouldn't
0: even have attempted that word. It's just... Uh,
3: About just sort of weed, and all this kind of stuff. And then they had uh, the president of the National Press Club out there named Jeff Falou. Um and uh, and I'm always – whenever I'm sitting these things, I'm thinking what what would it be like if I was uh, Molly Ziegler Hemingway or somebody from The Federalist sitting and listening to journalists talk about their journalisticness in this terrible age of Trump and like your skin crawls, right? Yeah. Um, president of the National Press Club keeps saying over and over again, and that's why we are the Constitution. Mm. Okay. Yeah, that's not true. <laughs> That's <laughs> he, not how other, that works. He, yeah. I, I, so I wrote about this for a uh, for reason, uh, um, uh, about the Jake Tapper element that I'll get to in a second. Um, and I can contrasted Jake Tapper's speech with, among others. Oh, Jeff so Jake Defle. was the main – he was the – He was a yeah. President's Award winner. He won a big award. Uh, Andrew yeah. Mitchell won a big award, and they all gave speeches. And it was all pretty much standard boilerplate uh, political class talking to itself about how important its work is, with the exception of Jake Tapper, which I'll get to in a moment. But So I contrasted him with Jeff Flew, and, and that guy uh, sent me an outrage. Email afterwards, um, saying I, why I don't know why you thought there was any difference between what I was saying, and what Jake Tapper was saying. Yeah, I that's was praising Jake Tapper uh, for it, and uh, and he's uh, and you know, and in his email that he sent me, the signature line underneath it was "We are the Constitution." <laughs> Do you know what it warm. sounds like to the rest of the country when you, as representing journalists out there, are saying that we? Meaning journalists are the constitution separating that from the rest of the humanity. He, he
0: doesn't understand why that would be weird because he's he's Christ on the cross dying for your sins.
3: And there's so much of that. And and Andrea Mitchell had notes of that, much less. She's I, I like her show a lot. And I think she's a a pretty good professional and all that kind of stuff. Married
1: uh, to uh, Alan Greenspan. Uh, by the way, and I, if, if, you are, if you follow me on Instagram, I was doing a story one time, uh, Hillary rally in New Hampshire, and I did post a photo of Andrea Mitchell on the riser uh, with a camera riser, and they had uh, a chair set up because MS, MSNBC was doing a live shot there, and she was just dead asleep. <laughs> it was amazing. Oh, no. <laughs> it's on my Instagram. She was like, she looked like she had been shot with, like, a blow dart, and <laughs> she was just passed out. <laughs> <laughs> look, the, look, the camp, the campaign
3: trail is tough. I mean, it it's, like, it's
1: really exhausting. It so rough. I don't
3: blame her, but it was just a really funny thing. So and, Tapper and, <laughs> gets up, and, and it, the whole night's been like that. Um, and he, uh, if you guys had seen, there was this uh, George Orwell quote that made the rounds because it was the centennial of Eric Blair's birth. Um, and the quote, I don't have it in front of me, but it's something along the lines of um, – I don't remember what the hell it is. Camille, you tell me what it is. I don't, I don't remember what Uh called, huh? But <laughs> like, uh, it, you know, this is your story, brother. Whatever, man. <laughs> 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 so yeah. So Tapper was, beginning, Oh no, no, I know what
0: it is. It, in it a down. time of universal deceit, telling the truth is a, revolution is a revolutionary act. We've all, yeah. we've all seen so, that yes. in the age yeah, of yeah, Trump. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and so that.
3: Tapper was going to, was going to, sorry about it. It's my story. You're right. Um, <laughs> Tapper was going to uh, start about, you know, that the importance of what Orwell said. And then he's just like, well, let's just make check, make sure that's that's a real quote. <laughs> Totally not a real quote yeah. Never said it There's no evidence yeah. It's not in 1984 yeah. It's not in his Wartime diaries It's nowhere um, It's a thing that people Tell, tell themselves now yeah. To make and ennoble Their own sense of outrage That's wonderful I didn't in, know that was a fake tweet Right I mean a fake quote I, I've never used it
0: either Because yeah, I'm I not yeah. That kind yeah. of
3: I'm not that kind of guy Yeah What Do you have it tattooed On your inner forearm No No This is uh, from the, in the outer, outer. That's uh, a real quote For yeah. him uh, So Tapper starts with that As uh-huh. like Actually that's an important thing because in this age we all want to retweet that and we're retweeting that in the moment in our in wait so tapper called him out publicly on this called called himself himself out out. he had tweeted himself he had tweeted and and, uh, and, and and said there's there's something to learn there instead of like uh, uh, talking about our revolutionary acts yeah we should maybe not forward things that are erroneous maybe we should check not just this historical quote, but all of the work that we do mm-hmm. and 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 his uh, his quote, which is great, is we are not the resistance. We are not the opposition, um, you know, in a time when you feel baited into and you have plenty of of kind of anecdotal reasons to be sucked into the fight. Yeah. And to put yourself into opposition. That way li- <clears throat> lies madness and error. And confirmation bias and all this kind of stuff, much of which we talk about this program. Mm -hmm. Um, It was a great speech for the room, totally different than we are the Constitution, totally different than I can't believe that Donald Trump is not filling in this undersecretarial positions in the State Department. My God, what are we going to do about this? Um, It was a sense of like, no, actually, the best thing that you can do is actually be more professional. And in this week in particular, and this was on Sunday when Mm -hmm. this happened. So this is right at the beginning of CNN. Discovering, yeah. and you guys know the story better than I do. Mm-hmm. That uh, th- three of the reporters, including with some pretty good pedigrees, uh, published a nonsense story that they had to retract, and then they were fired or they were they were encouraged this to is resign. A story
0: of a, a Trump surrogate who apparently supposedly has some sort of relationship with the Russians. Um, and this story was published on a Thursday. By the Friday, that story had been pulled. And then you arrive for the weekend and you spend the weekend with Jake Tapper. He gives a speech on Sunday night, maybe with this thing in his mind. Could be. And perhaps with knowledge that the very next day, Monday, all three of these reporters would give their resignations to CNN, which was accepted. I say it in that way because I don't know if they were asked to give their resignations or what, but in either case—
3: they're probably, no longer there. Probably the, heavily asked, and then this yeah, became significant
0: consequences. And some of these folks were recently hired again, high profile folks with serious journalistic resumes, um, and uh, yeah, they are they are out of a gig, and uh, mayhem ensues because, of course, this is very fake news. CNN. I'm not saying that
3: Donald Trump said that. I was quoting him in context. People, so. That. I'm sorry, uh, don't be I mean uh, it, it's it's now no longer my story in that sense, but this, <laughs> this dominates the news for the last couple of days, including a uh, high profile exchange between Sarah Huckabee, whatever her name is, and uh, the White House uh, one of the press secretary uh, people. And a guy from Playboy, I believe, in which he gets very, very huffy and defensive, and saying, "I can't believe that you're making these inflammatory comments about the press and the fake news and everything. We, we all, we all can be replaced if we do bad, and you can't be. You've been, you've been hired for four years, and you're going to stay there. Go check it out. It's I'm not, yeah, no, exaggerating know. the the tone of voice. No, I'm not raising here. my eyebrow. Out. It's it's a good impersonation. Well, thank Let's you. Go. I was uh, trying yeah. for something here. Like, like Moynihan gets too much credit in these <laughs> like long emails that we get, including with this McAllen drink. Do you have the uh, This is true. Do you have I the do. shout out yeah. in front of you. But
0: you are you're, you're being I mean just we can f- f- the discontinuity there. No, <laughs> this is all continuity. Yeah.
3: Uh I, no, but but it's uh I find and and found uh that uh that reaction by the Playboy writer and then the, the follow-on reactions by um, your uh Chuck Todds and other people. Uh-huh. It, engaging in this indignance, like, my God, the sort of defensive, uh, 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 you know, uh, uh, taking a front at the uh, Trumpian behavior and all this kind of stuff. There's a a way to do that. And the way to do that isn't to be a super defensive, self-important, indignant, whiny bitch, It really is. I mean, it's actually (laughs) – if you just do your job – Yeah. And and if you want to express an emotion, the emotion should be like a raised eyebrow – and an implied laugh well, at really shitty behavior, including by Donald Trump this morning of uh, Micah Brzezinski when he talked about her face Mika. bleeding. Mika, Mika whatever.
0: Yeah, I know. People it's might... A little bit
3: of alcohol. Yeah. Well, look, let's, no, that's you... actually how I would pronounce it. I hear you. Yeah. Listen, but that's not how she pronounces it. So. <laughs> well, She's look, we've, poem, she wins that.
1: So. So. Yeah. We, we've strung here. together. Yeah. <laughs> we've
0: strung together all of the storylines we're going to be talking about today. So good. that's that's good. That's interesting. Let's let's roll it back quickly. Mm. Jake Tapper gives this speech. Matt. I saw your commentary on this speech. I retweeted your tweet about this speech. I think it's good that Jake expressed that sentiment. Um, I also think it's interesting, the timing of the sentiment, and it's hard to believe that that error was not in his mind. It's also hard to believe that his own misstep earlier in the same month, I believe, just before um Comey's testimony, when he and several other high-profile people at CNN all had their bylines on a piece um that proved to be wrong suggesting that Comey was going to contradict Donald Trump um during his testimony based on what their sources were telling them Tapper's
3: bylaw was that? Uh-huh
0: yep. Oh, yeah yep among among others um and it's it's good that he said this i suspect part of the reason is because he gets that he has been a part of it. And he's not alone. Um, one, I mean, mistakes happen. He's not perfect. I don't expect him to be perfect, but he has certainly been beating the drum loudly about the you know, importance of this particular discipline, uh, that he is uh, a member of the order of journalists. Um, and I agree with respect to the, it being an important job in the same way, lots of jobs are important. Um, but it's the sacredness of the order, the, the uniqueness of it, the, that leads them to do all sorts of weird navel-gazing, like a, a segment that I saw with uh, Clarissa
2: Ward. Press ...in general. And the fact of the matter is, we're not fake media. We're here to do a job. Respect the job. We respect yours. And if you're not going to respect us, we need to speak up.
3: Chris, I mean, at what point does
2: this become dangerous? And I'm not just talking about dangerous in terms of tearing at the social fabric. I'm talking about dangerous as in a journalist gets hurt. Because I can tell you working overseas in war zones, you know, people are emboldened by the actions of this
3: administration, emboldened by the all-out sort of declaration of war on the media. If I'm getting
2: it in the neck, Chris, I can only imagine what someone like you is dealing with. I, at what point does this become reckless or irresponsible, Chris? Um, I mean, I don't want to say we're past that point. I, 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 I will we say this, past Clarissa, I, I, I think it is. I think it is already dangerous what the Trump administration is doing, which is we've to had, Brian's point. They are they are trying to uh, take a, a m- an honest mistake or not even a mistake and turn it into the
0: norm as opposed to the rule, as opposed to the exception. Uh, In the same segment actually included a prognostication of violence being delivered
2: to some journalists at some point in the future. There are people who have been beaten. There have been people that have been threatened. Our newspapers after Donald Trump's election, we've gotten threats from both the far left and the far right. They are emboldened, it is dangerous, and the fact of the matter is, it is insulting to the memory of the people who have given their lives for the cause, for providing information to the public, to then be told that you are fake media, you do not matter, and what you're doing is false. And quite frankly, every one of us should stand up against that because it is undermining the First Amendment. It is dangerous, making it dangerous for reporters. Mm-hmm. You are absolutely right, there's gonna come a time and it won't be, you know, it's not gonna to be too far off, I surmise, when we're gonna see that a reporter is going to face physical harm because of this. Well, God forbid, nobody wants, nobody
3: wants to see that. It certainly wouldn't make the decision,
1: uh, the situation anything, any better.
0: It's possible that that could happen, um,
3: but I don't i don't know that that we've actually reached that point.
1: Well, Um, we kind of did
3: in Montana. uh, What do you mean? I mean, the guy who was... Winning his congressional race actually body slam Ben Jacobs. Oh, yeah. well, that's
0: a congressman actually body slamming a journalist.
1: I know Ben and I've worked with Ben and I like Ben a lot. You say he and deserves my, to be a body slammed. Well, my tweet to a friend, my text to a friend afterwards, I was like, why did it take so long? And I say that by saying I love Ben. He's yeah, great. Yeah, He's a yeah. very good journalist, too. And he had a um, story that, that, that the Guardian
0: retracted uh, this year, too. Yeah. But um, I mean, but mistakes happen. The Lots mistakes of people happen. have had this. No one has been immune from Jake, Ta- Jake Tapper is yeah
1: uh, you know there's a, there's a point for for every uh amount there's a certain forward motion of praise mm-hmm. in which on Twitter and in the media sphere you have to take the opposite position at one point just to be contrarian and that happens a lot with Tapper who actually is a phenomenal journalist I mean he is an absolute straight shooter I don't know what tapper believes about a lot of things he's worked for salon he but back you know before salon was what it is today but it's still lefties, lefty he's still lefty uh but there's he's very very fair uh to people he's he sent me a nice note recently and it's not because of that but Can i have always no i have always been uh it's funny you sent me once i i have always <laughs> been a like on his side i think he's really really good and you know i've done his show i think one time and and it was uh at the during the UVA scandal, I wrote something about it prior to the whole thing coming apart and Sabrina Erdley being um, shamed and run out of the journalism business. Mm. Well, sort of. I mean, they kind of kept her on staff at Rolling Stone, but she's disappeared. And I was expressing a, an, an extreme amount of skepticism, and he pushed back pretty hard on me on it. And he was right to because we didn't. There was no we didn't have there was no there there yet. It just said you know. In the same way with journalism, and I think this is what happens in the Donald Trump years a little bit, is that, well, it, I, th- I remember James, he said something like, well, how do you know that that's not true? Well, here's the thing. When somebody pitches you a story and you don't know all the facts, mm-hmm. you do really have to rely on instinct a lot and say, well, you know, this actually doesn't just, it just doesn't sound true because of X, Y, and Z reason. You do have, you have a point always in which you have to adjudicate the truth, <laughs> Uh, or, or, or the you know the falsehoods that you believe that are in the story based on nothing at all. Mm-hmm. And that's a risky game, and you, but that's what you have to do. and you but you can't publish after you you know sort of do that sort of feeling, right. So I read that UVA story, and I was like, I have a good feeling that this isn't true. You know, you hear that sometimes with hate crime stories and like you and I Uh and I have talked about this before of saying like something doesn't smell right about this. I I can't prove it. And, you know, more often than not, you're right. The instinct is what guides you. But there is um, getting ahead of yourself quite a bit in the Trump years because you want them to be true. Yeah, it's not it's not really confirmation bias. It is that in some ways, but it is this desire for the worst possible Thing to actually be true, right? I, because so there is I a different, there aspect. is a different, there is a different standard. Um, look, as isn't, you said, isn't
0: that confirmation bias? Though? It is in some. Yeah. It is
1: in some ways, it's confirmation bias. But there's, I think there's a there's a level beyond confirmation bias, which I think is a subtlety. There's a subtlety okay. to confirmation bias. Whereas that, I think, there's an active go out and find the story of Russia and Trump, even though this is a pretty thin read. Mm-hmm. Let's find it because it will be, you know, disastrous to this. President that we hate, and I hate too. But and great for ratings, and great for ratings, right? Yeah. And you know, the we have standards that are very, very different here. And uh, politically, right now, I was surprised. And I, you know, you said Molly Hemingway, whom I I love and is is brilliant. And I disagree with her in a lot of things, but she's she's incredibly bright. And she said something, I can't remember it's a podcast or something. I think it was the, the podcast she does, where it was uh, said something like, you know, oh these these never Trumpers like uh, John Pot and everything were effusively praising. Uh, CNN for firing people and reacting in the correct way Mm -hmm. and she's kind of mocking them for that. And I get that instinct. But at the same time, there's so much wrongheaded stuff out there that I think is driven by this animosity Towards a president who deserves most of your animosity, but it shouldn't compromise your journalism. Um, that I was actually surprised and happy and, you know, liked or retweeted John Potter's tweet because there's a lot of this out there that, that 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 people just let go because of the subject. If you look back at people who have made mistakes in the past that aren't punished for it and oftentimes mm-hmm. punished for their, their own kind of political instincts. I mean, Judy Miller, who became a punchline. And rightfully so. She screwed up a lot. Mm. But also, Chris Hedges. And I think I might have mentioned this uh, here in the past. Chris Hedges, who remade himself from a New York Times journalist into this fire-breathing truthdig.com, .org, whatever. Totally apocalyptic. Apocalyptic, kind of alt-left kind of guy, wrote a bunch of stories based on the same sources about, you know, Iraqi uh, weapons of mass destruction. Barbara Crosette from the New York Times— also wrote similar stories. Not Again, not as many as Judith Miller, but it really, I mean, the guys at CNN wrote one and they all got fired. And we forget about that. Judy Miller was a much easier target, a deserving target in so many ways, but there was a political thing baked into that in a lot of ways. Uh, so, I, you know, I think that the instinct is good in CNN and CNN also is battling this sense. And I think it's a, a right sense where, you know, they used to be the centrist people in a way that we're doing the straight news and MSNBC on the left and Fox on the right, that they've become this real tribune of anti-Trump sentiment. And again, this has nothing to do with whether I agree with the general premise of all this stuff, because I do, but you know, at the same time, the entire internet, Twitter is filled with this stuff. I would really love to get some steady breathing rather than all the heavy breathing. There's a
3: David Burge, the great Iowa hawk. uh, Yeah. uh, Twitterer, commentator, guy, actually a uh, car nerd extraordinaire. I can could tell you everything about cars, great uh, journalist. Um, he had a tweet earlier this week, which I commend, basically saying that um, his approach in these years is to believe every terrible thing that the media says about Trump. And every terrible thing that Trump says about the media. That's <laughs> actually a pretty good rule. That's yeah. actually really, yeah, really good. Smart, yeah, I mean, it's yeah. 85%. It's a, I mean, look, that I mean, Trump good, goes though. a little, uh, a little off the top is
1: probably an understatement. <laughs> bleeding from her face. The, what is this obsession with
0: um, the bleeding? Don't, don't go there yet. Don't go there Okay. All right. We go. got to turn for that, that summer, but Because that's, that's like, important. I want to yeah. get there. But yeah. I, I wanted to ask, I mean, so, so look, so the firings happen in this case and it's been like four days. Um, but I'm sure you guys remember that Washington Post story um, about the uh, nuclear power plant that had supposedly been, supposedly been uh, penetrated by the oh, Russians. Right. That was fun. Um, and then it turns out that there's actually just code on a laptop. Um, and the way that they find out is because the damn power plant calls to say, hey, you didn't like call us to check on this story to see if it was true. I don't know if anyone was fired after that. Um, and I don't know if anyone was fired after this uh, Tapper thing. Well, I don't do, know if anyone was fired area. after, like, the Fox yeah. News situation where they were reporting on this outlandish story about the conspiracy no, that apparently led to the death murder, in fact, of a DNC staffer. Seth Ritchie. Um, they pulled a piece, but they didn't fire yeah. anyone. But they pulled a piece after five days. But this is the what I was getting at is there's not a lot of transparency when these things happen. Like, we don't know... How the mistakes were made with respect to the rest of that reporting, and it was I, the source? Yeah, I, I, or how many sources were they, there? I was think everyone they using the I think, same? I source? think that was one of the. But cruises, I mean, even yeah. for these other for these other situations, like the power plant, um, yeah. the power plant story, or even the first uh, the Comey story that I mentioned earlier, um, and the Seth Rich story. I imagine it was just Kim.com. That's yeah. the only source. In fact, he's not even a source. He came after the fact because he called after Sean Hannity was already reporting. Well,
3: one one thing to to remember lie. about every single like uh, journalism workplace story, and this is also true of non journalism workplaces as well, is that uh, almost every article from the outside looking in is going to be wrong. There are going to be uh, elements. There's going to be backstories mm-hmm, sure. about this that don't make any sense at all, and sure. all outside just get wrong. <clears throat> To cite an example, I was, when I was at the LA Times, I worked at the opinion section from 2006 and 2007. And at the end of my tenure there, uh, the then editor was bounced out in what uh, outsiders all portrayed as a journalism ethics scandal hmm. because he was uh, in cahoots with a gal who had done contract work doing PR for Brian Grazer, whom he had asked to guest edit a special Sunday opinion section. Mm. And already you guys are like, what are you even talking about? I was about? just going to say, it's I mean, impossible yeah. to
0: know. I would fire him because that's a boring story. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just
1: like, <laughs> exactly. Come on, it can't be a little yeah. more sensible. Yeah. I thought that was going yeah. somewhere. No. Your own scandal should be interesting. <laughs> You're fired for making your own scandal boring. <laughs> this, is this is
3: how it was universally portrayed. Yeah. Uh, the I think the uh, uh, my version of the facts of the, of the matter are that it was uh, mostly the newsroom was upset because they had, had lost under... Michael Kinsley, his predecessor, they had lost control over the opinion pages yeah. and they didn't like what they perceived as as creeping right wingness, uh, even though it wasn't um, coming into it. And they looked for whatever available opportunity. And it was this. Um, but so there, but it was a national media story for a week. Um, and it's amazing to be on the receiving end of a national media story for any week mm. at all. You've actually never really had, I guess you did with the Jonah Lara thing. Yeah. Right. On, on occasion. Yeah, it was and, crazy. Uh, yeah, and that was, was mo- and that was mostly, I would imagine. Totally insane. Done. I mean, it was insane, but it was done right because it was based on your yeah. own work, which was yeah. done right. Presumably. Yeah, um, it was. Yeah. I um, so. But like, <laughs> yeah. but like the internal machinations, like whenever some, something big happens at the Cato Institute, right. When the, the Cokes and the Cato people were fighting, Ed Crane people yeah, that were was fighting. Sad. It was like mom and dad are fighting. Well, maybe your mom and your dad. Well, you know me. Uh, <laughs> uh, but like the – everyone has expectations of what you, the outsider is supposed to think and you can't possibly know what it's like on the inside. Yeah. You just can't. It's true. I I've, I've saw – I mean Dave Weigel and Reason parted company. I was part of that process in 2008 and I saw that thing portrayed from the outside a lot uh, in ways that were, just did not resemble reality. So yeah. to make a long story short, yes, we don't know what the sourcing is, and we're never going to really know. Or, no, yeah. no, There'll be some reporting n- n- nobody on it.
1: Look, nobody wants to get stories wrong, because the price for getting small things wrong in the American media is actually astonishingly high. The Jonah error thing for me was a three-week festival of every, you know, it wasn't even like sort of journalism shows like on the media or something. Yeah. It was everywhere. It was at local NPR affiliates, national NPR affiliates, I did I did like all things considered everything because, you know, we're navel-gazing in one sense, journalists like to talk about, about themselves but it's also the punishment for this stuff is really, really severe now, it's not meted out in like you know, ways that like, why does this why is Mike Barnacle still on MSNBC and, you know, Stephen Glass can't even become a lawyer in the state of California, which are the scummiest people in the world because he can't, <laughs> you know, pass the sort of ethics standard of the california bar so no it's not it's not you know uniformly made it out in the in in, in like an appropriate way Mm -hmm. but the double-edged sword of that is when you actually have such severe punishments for what from the outside would seem kind of like minor infractions. He made up some Bob Dylan quotes in the case of General error. People are like, why is this such a big deal? People said that to me quite a bit. And, you know, it's a big deal for a number of reasons. But the, the other, the flip side of that and what ends up happening are these speeches at the L.A. Press Club, is that, when you start destroying people for small infractions, ruining their lives, and I believe in some of these cases, it totally deserves others, I'm actually a little more circumspect about, like Stephen Glass, I think should be able to sort of, you know, live a life again. Uh, but the, the, the other side of that is they end up taking themselves so damn seriously. Like, we are the constitution yeah. is part of the same animal of saying like, you made an infraction, we're going to, we're going to send you into the wilderness for your entire lifetime this is so serious what we do what we do is so serious and when we look at the failures and the cascading failures of people talking about the russia story um it's pretty new to get so much of this information so much of it debunks so quickly because we have kind of a hive mind that debunks it i would challenge people to do this take a newspaper from the 1970s the 1980s the 1990s Look at the stories of the big stories of the day, whether it's Watergate, whether it's Iran-Contra, whether it's, you know, uh, you know, Grenada and the Sandinistas or whatever it might be. And if you know a lot about these subjects, you look through and you're like, oh, man, we actually thought that at the time. Yeah, this is totally wrong. You go back and it's always wrong. So it's a matter of like, how much are we getting wrong? How you know, because it's not like the media back in 1983 when, you know, American Marines were washing on shore of Grenada to unseat the new jewel movement that you know any of that stuff is accurate today number one and number two was that the, the
3: competitive outfit to uh boys to men
1: yeah it was uh <laughs> the singer was maurice bishop yeah. he was the head of the new jewel movement it's great very good not to be not maurice star but maurice yeah. bishop but great if you look setup. at that stuff now you realize <laughs> that the animosity towards the reagan presidency of course was very very high after this kind of Post Watergate thing, and then you have this morning in America stuff, uh, the press was pretty hostile. I mean, that's, I don't think anyone would really deny that. And going back, you know, good, everything is, everything is wrong. Almost everything is wrong. There's some stuff that, that, that stands up, of course, but even if it's 40, 50, 60%, it's a pretty low batting average. There
3: is a, the, to, to that point, Jack Schaefer has a column today, and it's not great, uh, Jack Schaefer. He's, he's one of the best media critics out there, but he makes the point that um, the Watergate stories were filled with error. He Mm -hmm. actually wrote a column about that today? Today, yeah. Oh, great, yeah. Um, So your column, uh, what you just said right now, was like Schaefer, except he had more kind of hyperlinks than you just did. Yeah, Uh, (laughs) yeah. But I I prefer your uh, version of it. But that uh, we have to allow for journalistic error because uh, it's just going to be something.
0: Well, well, I think allowing for journalistic error Is good and true. I think journalists have to acknowledge that that is a fact, that there are things Mm -hmm. that we don't know that we are going to get wrong. There is shit that I am just fucking speculating about here. So instead of standing on top of the, the fucking Ark of the Covenant and saying to everyone who can hear, I am the truth, follow me. That's some bullshit,
1: dude. And I see this all the time. I mean, all the time. You can say you're a journalist and it's okay. Mm -hmm. You know, you can be a 22 year old, 23 year old. And you say, as us journalists, they've written something for courts yeah i don't i don't about say cultural that about appropriation or something yeah, like I that just, i just get to one cannot go out and say you know oh your stomach hurts come here i'm a doctor are you <laughs> no i did the thing one time it's like no no that, there's no there's no trait anyone can say they're a journalist and most often uh people just do yeah and most young writers that you see out there are quote-unquote journalists that don't do journalistic work in the sense that they're, you know, shoe leather reporting. And even if they are shoe leather reporting, they can be getting it wrong. They don't know how to tell when someone's spinning them or not. So there's a big, big swath of people who call themselves journalists now. Some who are 70 years old and been doing it, you know, behind a typewriter for uh-huh. many years. And others are like, I just wrote three pieces about how Katy Perry should be ashamed of culturally appropriating <laughs>
0: But I don't – But 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 to be clear, as – Maybe you differ in this. I suspect not. As someone who is, oh my god, we're we're gonna thank him in a minute. As someone who is uh, opposed to the bad pissing. the the certification of doctors by some sort of board, the official. Sort of minting of, yeah, of sure. medical professionals. I don't think we need official minting of journalists. In I don't either. To fix this, to be clear. Yeah. I don't either. I um, don't either. It's just,
1: but, but be aware that it's not. Yeah. You know, it's not a one-to-one comparison yes. when you have, you know, John Burns that spent ten years in Iraq, totally. and is like a grizzled old British reporter with a fro. With a fro, he's a very very, very nice God, fro. Yeah, it's a fantastic fro. <laughs> and You know the old joke about I, this is really horrible. You know the old joke I'm, every foreign correspondent almost is that about British journalists in like the 40s and 50s who would uh, the parachute journalism of British journalists is that they would get off a plane in like a country in Africa and say has uh, any has anyone here been raped and speaks English? That's <laughs> What old journalism, which is a great. That's scoop. what I thought
3: you did when you went to East.
1: Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I, it was not nothing to do with journalism.
0: So, so I want to I want to take a I want to take a sharp turn here because at some point we have to. Sure. Um, the Trump uh, administration, and Donald Trump in particular, has been has been exceptionally critical of the media.
3: Just because of the attack of fake news and, and uh, attacking our network, I, I just want to ask you, sir... I'm changing it from fake to, news, though. D- doesn't that undermine... Very fake news. Yeah. I know, but aren't you... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. Uh, real news, Mr. President, real news. But
0: part of his response to his, uh, to the sort of perceived war on the Trump administration that's being waged by the media, oftentimes on the merits. It's just they're reporting things that are true that you dislike. Sure. And there's a deluge of it because you're terrible at your job and you have people who work for you who aren't professionals and who have all sorts of shady backgrounds, Mr. Yes. President. That's the reason why you're having these problems. Um, but his response to all of this more recently has been to – shutter the press briefing room and to make it more difficult for folks, for folks to record video and audio of their exchanges with the people who are representing him. And simultaneously the people who are representing him like Sean Spicer are giving weird answers to questions in these press briefings. Uh, for example, I don't know. I haven't talked to him about that. And you are hearing this at a clip that is just Crazy about things that you would presume a press secretary has actually talked to the president about or at least has enough of a sort of sophisticated understanding of the narrative that this White House wants to push that that, you know, he's got an answer for you. At this point, they're not even trying that anymore because they are not sufficiently well organized and they are not sufficiently skilled or I have no idea what it is. This whole thing that the Trump administration is doing, they're not particularly good at it. Um, So they have uh, the word is cloistered. Cloistered, Mm -hmm. Yeah, cloistered themselves um, and created a situation in which they can give out the least amount of information possible in this way to preserve the option for Donald Trump to both make up his mind about things at some point um, and change his mind about things, I suppose. Um, But a lot of journalists are freaking out about this and have been freaking out about it for a couple of weeks now. Um, the, the fact that this white house is freezing them out and is not giving them information. I heard April Ryan, uh, who was pleasant enough to give me her ticket to, uh, to the, uh, white house correspondence dinner. Some years back, I got to ride in a motorcade and stuff. It was super fun. was an undergrad at the time. Um, but I heard her complaining. So many follow up questions. But continue. continue. Um, but, um, but I heard her complaining about the fact that she doesn't have the audio. She says, I need the audio from these things for my for my radio broadcast.
3: Yeah, she's a radio journalist, yeah, and Jamil. You need the
0: audio. I understand. Look, and and this is the thought that I've had. And I was just talking to Tom Shalhoub about this because after my epic day in the building, I went and did an hour of radio with him. Um I wonder about the importance of these briefings and the importance of having sort of just sort of full and complete access to the White House press briefings, because for a couple of reasons, um, you know, Supreme Court, there are no cameras in there. There should we, be. Go we know on. what's going on. I think there ought to be, too. But, you know, there aren't. But anyway, there should but anyways, be. It's about the last holdout. Go I hear on. You. I hear you. But with the White House press briefings in particular, there is spin that is happening here. There is a narrative that the press secretary is feeding you most of the time. And sure, there is an exchange with journalists that's sometimes informative and robust, but oftentimes- Mostly not. They're feeding you the spin. You're getting questions that are kind of interesting and sometimes miss the point entirely. And I'm just positing something here. I'm not saying that this is good, what the Trump administration is doing. They are doing he, this he because is, they're weak. there. No, they're doing this because they're weak. That is why they're doing it. Get it's to it's your transparent. Big,
3: get to your big butt- But. Isn't <laughs> <laughs> it was a very small
0: reason, but, but. but. <laughs> little but but isn't there something to be said for the like pretense that there is like the seriousness of the White House press briefing, this exchange of ideas, this access of the press? Ah. When actually, well, no, look, there's two things here. One, I actually agree. With Camille, one is one yeah, is that weirdly. it's not it's not been very serious in the past, and the second thing is the proximity to power actually changes the way that you cover these stories. Just like press people, journalists, journalos, if you will, who are embedded (laughs) with soldiers in the field, they cover the story of the Gulf War in a very different way then, or the Iraq War, I guess, because the Gulf War was a different war. I don't, was there a lot of embedding fr- the that first Gulf war, uh, In the was, first Gulf I War, believe, there wasn't a lot of embedding. Yeah, no, I mean— That's when was, the embedding started. It, it, oh, really? It, course, it, yeah. the first it was war. the first embedding was in the Well, well there was some, war, some yeah. embedding. Well, it didn't start then. There yeah. was some embedding with Vietnam, too. No, um, but like— But, the, it's, but it's different. through the channels of the military. the
3: embedding was a narrowing. Vietnam was—you basically had access to most things. Yeah. And so then it became— we are going to say you can have access to that marine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unit.
1: Well, technically, the first one, by the way, uh, was Grenada. The invasion of Grenada oh, yeah. that people came on huh. the invasion, the landing crafts with, and that was the access that was the only access that was provided by the military. And, and to yeah.
0: be and to be explicit here, I mean, this is this is the process of journalists going with troops into the the place where they will be fighting. Sure. And the reporting that comes out of this is oftentimes it, it has a lot of color about Jimmy from Wisconsin, who is just, he's a good boy. And we all want Jimmy to come home safe. And no longer is this a conversation about whether or not this is a conflict that makes sense for America to be engaged in. It becomes... Sort of nationalist cheerleading, so that but, but can, can to be, that to, be, can to be, happen to, just too. To I'm just saying that yeah, these it, are it, possibilities. I agree. So with anyways, I agree uh, actually, weirdly, I, I agree with you your
1: are. larger point, but but that is just what happens in reporting. Any time you end up falling in love with the people that you're with, no, regardless, unless you have I mean, them enough. I, well, I mean, it's, it's <laughs> you find the humanity and the 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 inhumane by hanging around with them, and you become you don't always become sort of uh, Gore Vidal and and uh, what's his name who blew up the Murrah Federal Building, Tim McVeigh. uh, but but you know that it's just what's going to happen no matter who's controlling the access. Mm-hmm. If it actually wasn't the American military doing it, and you went around them and just the sort of brigade commander, you're going to get that experience anyway. There's some benefit and there's some usefulness to that. You don't want to get your entire vision of whatever war it might be through the prism of this one platoon because you end up seeing guys see their friends die and it just changes the way you right. It's just a human instinct. Yeah. But on the on the larger point about the press briefings and the televised ones, Mike McCurry for the, the the press secretary, uh, Bill Clinton's press secretary introduced these. These are not we, we often forget that these are not, uh, you know, a great long American tradition that started in the 40s when television was kind of blossoming. He started and said it was the worst mistake he ever made. And he came out two days ago, along with Ari Fleischer, the George W. Bush press secretary and said, we think these are a bad idea and they should go the way of the dodo. Both of them said this, you know, bipartisan kind of thing. The the way the reason I kind of agree with that is because when the Trump administration cuts this stuff off, it actually, first of all, just makes them look horrible uh-huh. because it's like you are <laughs> trying to control information. And the actual um, the actual information that you get mm-hmm. is useless. And what the press briefings end up uh, looking like to me is clotting your news feed, your Twitter feed, your television with actual that, propaganda. With with <laughs> not even not even that actually with n- the propaganda that you get from Sean Spicer and um. whoever might be doing it, whatever administration. But it's such a opportunity for doofy journalist to grandstand. And like, here comes Jim Acosta shouting them down. And that's going to be the clip where CNN plays a clip of its own guy doing this brave thing. And like, do I need, do I get good information for that? No, I get stupid propaganda. Oh my God. But I want to know that the Trump administration is, you know, putting all this propaganda, give me an administration that hasn't. And I will show you something that you don't understand about that particular administration. This is a leaky white house. We're getting more information about this White House from inside the White House and from inside the departments, you know, whether it's the State Department, whether all over, we're getting this stuff. It's not as if we're suffering from a complete lack of information in this flipping the light switch on the, the, the televised press briefing is leaving us bereft. And we're just like, God, how are we gonna figure this stuff out? Yeah. They've cut us off. It's like, no, we know a lot because they don't know what they're doing. And one of the indications of this is that they're shutting down these these live uh, press briefings i think that's probably a decent thing in general, I think it's done for the wrong reasons and sure. at the wrong time by the wrong administration. But, you know, I don't I don't think we're losing much at all. You know, what we're losing somebody from, you know, you know, urban radio or something like Kansas, <laughs> you know, public broadcasting. Being racist. Or yeah. no, no, That's was, actually, was, what it's, it's actually what it's actually what it's called. The, the, yeah, when that's you where you, April Ryan is. April Ryan is from urban radio. And, <laughs> uh, you know, or urban so, radio network or something. someone, uh, you know, from Gateway Pundit saying Sean Spicer you are an overweight man, but why are you so good-looking? I don't get it. And he's like, you know, that's a really good question. It's like this kind of pattern, we're getting so mad that they're putting all of these non-journalists, quote-unquote, in there, yeah, these yeah. bloggers. Just shut the damn thing down, and we 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 don't know less because of it. Yeah, here's, you have to call
3: on us first. Here's why you're all wrong. Oh, okay. Um, there we go. <laughs> which is to say that— Old Man Welch. Because— you know because ninety nine percent of cassette tapes are bad, let's not have cassette tapes. that's not how it works because well, I, mean, I don't if, want to have cassette tapes because m 3s are superior whatever I'm, superior I'm talking technology. about like where where we' where, where wherever we are in the technology of plenitude, yes, we can always accurately say. In the, in the Moynihan case, you but know, you're saying on balance it's a piece of shit basically 23 year old <laughs> bloggers are going to be terrible mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know and, and, and White House press briefings and State Department press briefings, which we don't really have anymore and other things they are going to be generally propagandistic and terrible all that's totally true mm. that doesn't mean that you don't have either the technology and especially as it pertains to power the cross-examination um, here's a couple of points on that one. And maybe I'm alone out there, but uh, your uh, video, Moynihan, at Evergreen State College, which we talked about on a couple of episodes, it had a pretty strong effect on me. um, And the effect it had, as someone who's a skeptic of the extent to which campus PC is ruining everybody's lives and this kind of stuff, it was the moments of cross-examination when it was Moynihan face versus, versus person saying crazy nonsense Mm -hmm. and then going that little back and forth that moment in an audiovisual setting is gold they don't happen that often as you know you fight for them to to get them in your in your uh, vice pieces i am sure i am confident to predict without you ever telling me anything personally about your work life um but like that's it is it is the the interrogation has value uh and it's maybe one thing that happens out of one thousand things however it does have value and 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 I think that an, an, an administration um, needs to have its ideas challenged on a daily basis um, that needs to be filmed. The Supreme court should absolutely fucking be filmed. There's no good reason for it. To- I'm, I'm look, I'm you're, 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 you're right, but you're
1: wrong. You. in one important point, just to interrupt you. I I appreciate the nice things you said, by the way. Uh, but I, the, I think that if this was a one-to-one comparison, I would totally agree with you. If it was Donald Trump out there every day, Sean Spicer has no idea what's going on. He's spinning for something. true. Like uh, correct. Uh, the, the, if it the, was the, an actual person, but that tells importance. us
3: that, but that exchange actually tells us something important. The, the exchange between Sarah Huckabee Sam Sanders is your last name, yeah. I think I so, yeah. And uh, and the uh, she's the married play- to Bernie Sanders and the uh, <laughs> Playboy uh, uh, guy. Um, and I just edited myself uh, nicely, So because yeah. I hear that he was yeah. uh, a nice person at some yeah. point in his life. Because uh, <laughs> boy, that was douchey uh, yeah. uh, the whole thing. But that exchange gives us information that we wouldn't have had without the. What is that?
1: Uh, before I say what is that, because that, that that just happened. I'm going to ask you a, a, a straightforward question of like what exchange in one of these televised televised press briefings. Do you remember from January 20th onward that provided you with
3: good information? Um, the very first one, when Sean Spicer came out of the shoot screaming balls about reporters. Uh, I, I don't think he used fake news back then um, of just being terrible and wrong and indignant because they were not indignant, but the because they were getting the crowd sizes wrong of the inauguration and all this kind of thing, just like, Purple-faced, shouting and barking like a fucking Slovak from the Movement for a Democratic Slovakia, Um, that gave me actually— It's a
1: very resonant reference, by the way. Uh, Sure, for everybody.
3: (laughs) But that actually gave me—
1: Even Slovakians are like, that was a while ago. (laughs) But that
3: gave me useful information. But couldn't you have gotten
1: that from Donald Trump's tweets? I mean, in fact, fact fact you have.
3: Yeah, I mean, that's probably what he was repeating. No, actually, not because it's a different thing entirely. Just like uh, watching at the uh, at the Republican convention on the uh, you know Sacrificial Tuesday or whatever it was, the day that Paul Ryan, Ryan's Priebus, um, I believe, Kevin McCarthy, uh, and and uh, maybe even Tom Cotton, all Mm -hmm. were marched up one by one by one by one. These people um, who all of them had a theory for why they might have integrity in their lives. They all marched up and talked about how awesome Donald Trump and his policies were. And it looked like a hostage video. And you couldn't get that without seeing it. Okay. That, like, is, I, that I, is information I, I, let me con- that see, cannot be con- let, me, let me concede that like, I'm not words.
1: totally convinced by this, but I do find the utility in it. I think that on balance, it's not terribly useful, but Correct. I, 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 and I will say this, like, I mean, you know, Maybe it's like Camille talking about um, the Trump administration. Maybe it'll force people to think about government a different way. Maybe the news media wouldn't have a 24 hour cycle talking about how Sean Spicer made a hash of the Holocaust, which I don't believe Sean Spicer is a Holocaust denier. I think he's a moron and I think he's not someone smart enough to and he's put on the spot and he's not good at it. And he's saying like, well, you know, Hitler didn't gas his own uh, people, which actually – is a point of historical fact that he doesn't understand. So it made it sound like, <laughs> dude, he gassed the Jews, but the old historical and people like historians have actually debated this of why he didn't use poison gas in the battlefield. And he just makes a hash of it. And then we have 24 hours and the ADL coming out and Benai Brith and everyone like laughing for seven segments with Van Jones on uh, CNN and everything. It's not useful. And the reason is, is that the simple explanation of this Is not something that's going to drive Six television hours Which is, there's a point out there about this He didn't understand it And he's just being barraged with questions And he just pulled it out of his ass because he knew he'd heard it and now we're debating whether or not Sean Spires is a holocaust. And can I, can I, I push back, back on kind of this? Like, you're
3: oh, going to get that even if you pull all the plugs. But can I push back on You're going to suppo- yeah, suppo- get that. I suppose. If you limited to Donald Trump's tweets, I suppose. you got you got six weeks on but a but single I, tweet. and president. an FBI president. But, but gentlemen, yeah. Yeah. can
0: I push back in a slightly sure. different way? Sure, Because it sounds like, Matt, I mean, yes, more opportunities to fail in public. No, on, more, on to, to be cross-examined because sure, you have power. It's, it's
3: cross-examination. I'm sorry. Cross-examination. I thought you were semi-liberitarian. No, you no. want to cross-examine well, power? Can I, can or I, the journalists finish? are such assholes <laughs> you gonna let me finish? that let's like, unplug you gonna them let because fuck them.
0: Code okay. switch. Code okay. switch. Way to go, Kanye West. Code switch. Um, listen, what, I'm, when I'm, what, I'm, yeah. what
3: I am concerned about is you think that's going like, to uh, intimidate me?
0: No, I don't. It's sad that you think that all of my efforts to have a civil conversation are an effort to intimidate If you all saw how closer
3: his hand is now to my chin. Yeah, I know. Oh, he just fits, made like a my power fist, mood. My yeah, black fist. Fist. He's got a plaque, um, he's got a weird ring there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a it's, it's a an wedding NOI ring. Because I love my wife.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um uh, <laughs> But but what about the the times where they're succeeding? Where Who's they that? are, they, uh whatever administration it is, perhaps this administration, definitely prior administrations, where they are succeeding in painting a picture of an administration that has their stuff together that has a consistent storyline that is selling you a line of bullshit, but they are doing it through their press conferences, and they have the, the people in the briefing room eating out of the palm of their hands, and they are giving you good political service. They are giving you that theater, and it is, it is glorious. Uh, There would be times when they were on their game and there'd be times when they would uh, Susan Rice the Sunday shows and not do particularly good um, because they had a shitty narrative that they rushed to embrace knowing that it was incomplete. Uh, and they went out and peddled this thing because they thought it would be, uh, it would serve their purposes. And I'm talking specifically about Benghazi, which is not to say that they lied, but that they took a half-baked story and let, sold it. Let me, let me but, help, but you let, see me see how much,
3: let me help out your point. Yeah. What if Donald Rumsfeld becomes a rock star? Donald, Donald? Rumsfeld? Yeah. Which is what happened. Oh yes, yeah. yes, sure. Yeah, there sure are up. no There and no nuns. There was like four months. Yeah. when everybody and I, myself included, and Camille, you were still in diapers. No, I then. wasn't in diapers, but I didn't fall for him. Um, you did. Were uh, I didn't fall for him, but like he reminded yeah, me of my dad. If my dad was articulate, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, you uh, didn't fall I didn't for him? Black.
1: Did, did you? Did you, <laughs> <laughs> did you? It's amazing that all these commenters on the iTunes have no idea that about Matt's Black Dad. Uh, yeah. <laughs> watching thundercats by the <laughs> way when this was happening you're like i that, didn't fall for donald rumsfeld and it's i was like, not was, watching thundercats yeah, yeah, I'm like, old do you think you're, i am you're he like was watching old like
3: cosby show yeah. yeah bad albert I
1: just can't believe oh, we're <laughs> <awesome>. <laughs> yeah no. so
0: yeah when they when they you were, when you, you fall sick. for it yeah, yeah they fall yeah, for it yeah, yeah yeah so they all fell for it yeah that's bad and that's part of my concern L- listen um i want to short circuit the theater.
3: I don't want to prevent people from having access to information as a way either. to further my political goals. Camille. Well. Sorry. Maybe. I don't want. I might. I might. I have faith. Hope that they don't find out where they're holding places. A, there's a great, they're going to vote the wrong way. There's a great, by which I mean uh, a, a very person. long uh, uh, lasting um, theory about media and the way that it is consumed. And it yeah. is false. And it has been false at least since uh, the War of the Worlds. Uh, And the theory goes like this. Mm -hmm. Uh, Americans are sheep. They're sheeple. And they're sitting there (laughs) ready to receive transmissions into their brains by crafty overlords who will beam their transmissions down into them Mm -hmm. and that can shape their behavior. And it turns out the actual – case of this which is the war of the worlds and uh you know apparently this came on the radio and everyone did all these terrible things that's been exaggerated by a fact of totally. right. a lot yeah. yeah I agree and, it, and it I, defines- I disagree with that with that uh, Theory. Jesse Walker has written uh, wonderfully about this over the years mm-hmm. for a reason. So it has defined media theory for a long time. I don't. I won't say that it defines it now because we have such uh, incredible plenitude that it's really hard to maintain the idea that there's some kind of puppet master pulling strings. It does anymore. not stop
0: anyone from actually. Suggesting that on a routine basis, correct, or
3: believing it, most people believe some version of that. But it's but it's no longer the dominant intellectual theory in the way that it once was. Yes, but it still is out there very strongly, and I and, and it is still bullshit. Um, uh, And I have faith. I don't have faith that people are going to make decisions that I agree with or that are smart or anything like that or that they're going to resist propaganda or that anything or that they will stop sniffing the jock of executive power. That's going to be with us. It's happening. We see it all around us. You've been on a half a dozen television and media shows today that probably did this or at least, you know, one and a half. But I spoke Um, truth to power in every case. Correct. And And by power, I mean the people. And that's kind of what you do with these situations. You don't say – Hey, let's pull the plug and not have information because it's going to produce a better result. No, yeah. like the whole point is to increase the net value, the net uh, amount of information Can I say something and me? the interactions. No, um, I just want to say that I was wrong. You're, I, I agree with you. That's good. You made a good wow. case. Damn.
1: Nice.
0: nice. That, you just took care out of
1: that. Now what do we do? Wow. Yeah. Should we go?
3: <laughs> have you thanked mccallan maybe Macallan, maybe, in, maybe in a oh, little yeah, bit thank no so so earlier we're ha- this week halfway through this month, yeah yeah right? yeah, we yeah no this we bottle, uh right?
0: we we did get some booze uh this week sent to us and it is a i'm told it is a fine bottle of alcohol You're um, told? you've been i mean i'm drinking yeah, it but i don't it down your eyes are orange. i don't i don't know how to discern sort of the good from the bad in this particular Area. I understand. Moynihan learned that music. I understand really sneakers. Refined... That
1: changed. Yeah, delicious. I don't understand this as well.
0: <laughs> Um, Can't but, believe it! But uh, but his <laughs> name is B. What's his name there, Charlie? His name is Paul Essen. It's E S S E N. Yes, that the, I pronounce that correctly. Is, yes, yeah. It's
1: the verb to eat in German. Huh? Yeah, is that Essen, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. Huh? Yeah, it's true. Well, there's Paul, actually a
1: chain in this city of uh, like ready-made food shops called Essen. Yeah. I don't know if Paul Essen owns it. But,
0: I don't. But I don't know. I hope but we so. can we can find out. Then I'm sure we'll get some coupons. He'll, he'll, he'll holler holler back at us. Yeah. Wow. Well, that was the whitest um, thing you've ever said. Holler back at us. <laughs> holler back, young. <laughs> I'd like um, you to <laughs> <way>. <laughs> um, But no, Paul sent us this uh, this great this great bottle of Macallan, which best. we uh, we've been nursing. And yeah. uh, Paul Paul operates apparently a blog called Rampant Discourse, which I can't endorse because I'm what? looking at it for the first time.
1: Right oh now. oh, I thought you were saying you read it. Like I can't yeah. endorse this. Yeah. And we're no, gonna so drink so your booze. I'm not saying that.
0: Um, but if, he's, if he likes the show he likes like, this drink, show yeah, and he says he's and best. he suggests that this, his libertarian blog, I think he he suggested it's libertarian. This is not a libertarian podcast. As I tell people all the time. Um, but his uh, libertarian it's blog is something that he, you know, it's just a podcast with some guys. We're just yeah, doing a yeah. thing. Yeah. I mean, some of us are, are, are self identified libertarians yeah. and some of us work at libertarian publications and others have in the past, but it's yeah. not a libertarian podcast. Yeah. But in either case, um. He's a good kid. He wrote a thing to us that was very nice and generous, and he really sent sweet. you guys yeah. and me t-shirts, which I left at my office. So I'll oh, bring later. seriously? Yeah. For, for, for what were the t-shirts? The t-shirts just say "Rampant discourse. Oh, good. So That's we, fine. We'll turn
3: us That's into fine. billboards.
0: That's well, fine. I'll I'll walk around my neighborhood. But with he, that That's he good.
3: and others have pointed out. I think it was him as well. Uh-huh. That it's about time for some fifth swag.
0: Yeah. No. There. I mean, listen. We've we have uh, endorsed this by we. I mean, the corporate. Entity that is the fifth column has said that we will eventually uh, <laughs> produce and generate. Some, I love it uh, when Camille other. talks
3: to the first person plural. He yeah. talks about yeah. himself as a corporation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> All I'm saying <laughs> to you, you guys
1: want swag? You can send booze. That's great. I love yeah. it all. Um, there's an app called Venmo, <laughs> uh, and just search for me on it, and you can just send me cash too. Yeah. And then I can drink on my own and not have to have you dickheads around oh me. It would be God. great. And I can harangue people at bars and you, they'll walk away from me. It's you great. love this. As if that would. Uh, I love the it immoral. but I also
0: love Jeez. cold hard cash. No, no, there's the, the we can have all those things. They not meet you the exclusive oh. baby. What's not, baby? But <laughs> uh, uh, I, I what was the thing? I had some Oh, you know, I have a weird thing that I want
1: to talk about quickly. Because okay. I'm and the reason is cuz uh-huh. I know listeners will have opinions on this and I'd love to hear your opinions on this because we get a lot of um silly controversies in the woke universe, um, and we talk about that, as, and, and, and people generally respond to them because they're outrageous and annoying, and they suggest a certain drift in the culture, and it's not just like, let's pick one random thing, right, and just say, this happened in a small space, and let's, let's, let's blow it up to something bigger than it, that it is. These are things that I think actually suggest a drift, and the one that I saw this week was the John McEnroe, yes, uh, hootin' Annie, the John McEnroe controversy, as they would say if they didn't live in this country, the the controversy of John McEnroe, who said uh, was asked by um, uh, the woman from NPR the most, so this, She's no, not a
0: sports reporter?
1: No, she's not a sports reporter, and she asked a series of badgering. Annoying questions of John McEnroe, who I believe is uh, promoting a book. Mm -hmm. And he said and she said, um, what do you think about um, Serena Williams? And he said, I think she's the best uh, female tennis player who's ever lived in in the history of tennis. Uh, And she said, why did you append female or or proceed with female? Uh, Isn't she the best tennis player who ever lived? And he said, no. (laughs) <laughs> and was just like baffled and first of all to, to defend magan right here is that you don't there's a reason that there's a women's uh tennis uh, professional tennis organization and a men's tech. and he said no she would probably wouldn't be able to beat the top 700 um which seems like a very large number top 700 it does seem male, like a lot male players yeah now okay he was savaged for, I mean, absolutely savage for this. And the, my first instinct on this is, is, you know, I play tennis, I like tennis, but I'm not like a tennis nerd in any sense of the phrase, if that is a phrase. And uh, my first instinct was to see John McEnroe the next day, refusing to apologize on like a CBS morning program. And they're like, Hey guy, we're giving the opportunity and you're not taking it. And he's, And it's such a ritualistic thing that you say something and you go prostrate to some media organization and take it back when you clearly meant it. And you just have to go through the ritual. And he said, no, I don't, I don't take it back. I've said it before. And then everyone came out and I thought the best piece about this, which is short, was at Mother Jones. Kevin Drum at Mother Jones wrote something that was really great. And he was like, look, This is wokeness gone to stupidity.
0: It's not the first time he's uh, gone out on this branch.
1: Yeah. I mean, like, because this has nothing to do with left and right. And this is what I found out in the Evergreen story is like, there's a madness that grips us and we want these sacrifices of public figures. And we we, we beat them up on on, on Twitter, never their faces, of course, because we don't have that access. But if we do, we have that. If we did have that access, we still wouldn't do it. And it's a safe space, so to speak, where you beat them up and you wait for the apology when you don't get it. You double down on the anger and say, oh, my, can you believe this knuckle dragger Bobby Riggs of 2017? And Kevin Drum wrote a piece. He was like, it's just true. And, and I looked back and I found something I think from 2005 or six or seven around there. And John Maccaro said the same thing. And he said the same thing. And I believe it was about Serena Williams at the time. And there was a they had canvassed a bunch of professionals. Uh, I think all male players about this and the range was she couldn't win a single game. And I don't know if this is true. I'm taking these people's word for it. a single game. Maybe one game could definitely not win a match. And the range was top 200 to top 1500. And that's just the way it is. And it was funny because Billie Jean King uh, defended him. Uh, Who's the one who beat? Oh, really? Yeah, she defended. She sort of defended him in a weird way. Yeah, from from Long Beach, that's right. And she and she she defended him in a in like people said uh, because somebody said, well, what about Bobby Riggs? Bobby Riggs was in his late fifties
3: when (laughs) he when he played her. I think he was chain smoking on the court,
1: and he just had beaten somebody, (laughs) uh, another female player, like a like a a month before, but like in straight sets. But what I thought was amazing about this was uh, Martina. Uh, The Czech uh, Navratilova Navratilova said, um, and I thought this was so telling when she was asked about this. And and this is the quote. uh, She said she was exasperated and she said, you just don't go there. You don't go there. You just don't go. Lots of O's in this one. There. (laughs) There's no need to go there. What the heck were you thinking? This is to John McEnroe. It's th- it's it's that it's that you were not thinking that's the problem. John has a knack for creating co- a controversy. There is none. He needs to do it on his own dime, not at somebody else's expense. Notice this Unbelievable. vomit of words never once says he's wrong. He says you don't go there. You don't talk about this, this obvious, uh, obvious thing. HuffPo headline: John McEnroe just can't apologize for sexist. <laughs> sexist. Serena Williams comments. Time magazine. Time magazine. You cannot be serious. As a reference, blah blah blah. Uh, Stephen Colbert grills John McEnroe over Serena Williams diss. Guys. <sighs> You know the 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 range of whether it's from two hundred to fifteen hundred.
0: <laughs> John McEnroe's kind of right, isn't he? Well, well uh, you know what? I mean, you know isn't he kind of right? Uh, you know who he's not right to? People who don't know anything about tennis, like me, um, or I. I see Serena Williams. And I mean, I see those guns. I'm looking at a photo of her right now and, and, uh, having met her. I think Serena Williams has also acknowledged what John McEnroe said in the past, by the way. Well, that I she think she said she she she's staying out of it this time. No, no, just, no, she no, has,
1: but she, in the past she, she said had an indignant tweet. Yeah, but
0: may, about, like, yeah, maybe but so. she said, she said in the
1: past that it's a different game.
0: It's yeah, a different I'm just game. saying she's like five, nine, like yeah. 170 pounds yeah. of pure, like she's amazing, muscle. like she cut up. Like she will punch a
3: hole through your heart. Absolutely I'm, true.
0: I'm not lusting after her as I look at her now. It's okay, just scared. Like she's your size, physical specimen, but actually an athlete. Like is remarkable, and it is difficult to believe that she is not the single greatest human to ever play yeah. tennis to ever live. Because I don't know anything about tennis. It is the same reason why I hate Steph Curry. I don't, uh, hate is a strong word, but perhaps not too strong. And think LeBron James should win every game because when I look at LeBron, if I didn't know anything about basketball, I said, Oh, he plays basketball, he's like the greatest basketball player to ever live because yep. he's a fine physical specimen. So, I actually disagree with John McEnroe, but I know that my opinion is based on nonsense, and I don't think he should be put in woke prison, yeah, to quote uh, one Michael Moynihan, yeah. Um, yeah, for holding this perspective. But the the condemnation, the near universal condemnation oh, so that much has it. received as a consequence of holding an opinion that is almost identical to regular barbershop discourse. Who's better, LeBron or Michael Jordan? Do you, you remember the Eddie Murphy movie? Yeah. But, you, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This Muhammad is Ali, uh, well, yeah. the Eddie Murphy movie. He's referring to Coming to America. What were you and referring to? Scenes... Best defense?
1: Uh, he has no. one movie. It's a Coming to America. The only well, one that he I, has I recognize. multiple films. Yeah, they're
3: all garbage. <laughs> the, that's amazing. The only <laughs> one that I recognize is Raw. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> For its Jamaican style. It's not a movie, it's a documentary. Beverly Hills Cops is
0: a movie. It's called Beverly Hills Cop. I've been drinking. Beverly Hills. The point I was making is people are constantly having disagreements about who is the best player, and it doesn't cause extreme consternation for you to say, I don't think Michael Jordan was that good. It won't create an international incident. You won't be on CBS this morning explaining yourself being given an opportunity to apologize let me let me, let me read you, you a headline
1: in a, in a subhead which which from my old publication that explains everything that you need to know about this the headline is serena williams is the greatest ever can we please <laughs> stop the debate question mark here's the, the greatest subhead. ever full stop here's the subhead after john McEnroe argued she'd be quote like 700 in the world if she played against men Williams is naked, pregnant, and stronger than ever on Vanity Fair. I believe it's on Vanity Fair's cover. And commanding her due. It's like, that is a version... Of a you know close magic, you just change the subject <laughs> in front of me. But is she? Can she be the top? So the, she basically isn't what that is, super
3: naked on she, the cover of this yeah, magazine. Yeah, but the thing she's is, she's not is that, stronger than ever. You, you can't, <laughs> no, no. Like,
1: can we? Just, can we just? Here's another from my same publication. She,
3: no, wait. She's not stronger than ever. She, she's what? Thirty five years old. Yeah, 34? she's losing. She's 34? losing. Yeah. There yeah. is no athlete in the world who is stronger than ever, at she 35 might, and 27. Know. Here's another... You're right. Here's another... No, that doesn't uh, exist.
1: Dude, I want... There's another subhead from my former publication. The Late Show... <laughs> the Late Show <laughs> with Stephen Colbert gave him a hard time with this. The Late Show grilled the tennis great over his moronic statement that the women's top player would be like 700... None of these people are qualified to do this. They I just I looked tennis. at the, I yeah. looked this up and saw all these tennis people this is before this controversy too mm-hmm. saying that, you know, it's it's the it's men's game sport. the men's, men's game is different. The speed is different. I mean, she serves as hard as a lot of these guys in the top 700, but it's just a different game and this isn't a controversial statement, but nobody cares to actually figure out if it's true or not because the outrage is what we live on the outrage because all of these people are virtue signaling that something is sexist, the comment is sexist. It's not. I mean, if it's true, is it sexist? <laughs> right. I mean, can she? I don't know. I don't think so, because I trust a lot of people that are in the world of tennis that say this is a very different game. And asking that question is not something, as Martina says, you shouldn't ask. Don't go there. Don't go there. Why?
3: Why? Why shouldn't we go there? What's weird is that Tennis, I just don't get it. Tennis is the only sport that we really do this.
0: It is true actually. That's a very good point.
1: Think
3: well, about it. Because we it's don't the do only
0: it. sport in which people care about the women's uh sport as much it's as It's a they care very about fun sport well, I, in, in this particular sport. Not we dirty. Way. We barely care about men's tennis in this particular right now, era. Venus and Serena are the only two names that really have I consistently mean, mattered for
3: a, a, yes a and no, substantial duration. Yeah. The the Swiss dude and the and the, exactly. and the Spanish dude yeah, yeah. precisely. No, yeah. no, Federer and Nadal have been great, yeah, but like the game hasn't been great and the men's game hasn't been great no, it's I think I, way,
1: I think on, on on tennis a faster harder game is less fun to watch than a more nuanced game that you get with women, but it's as far as just in a straight game who would win to your point which is absolutely true is if if somebody, if Steph Curry said, you know, the best woman in the WNBA is not gonna be better than the top seven hundred guys that are in line or in professional basketball, this would not be as as controversial. Well, and, and it's league, also
0: just true, they I mean they can't dunk. Major like league, though, if can. one of them, if Gr- one Gr- of them
3: Gr- grenier Gr- can dunk. Well, she is the only ones. one. And no, I would not actually
0: I would not actually call that a dunk. Like I could, I could almost do that. No, you can't. No, you Actually, I did do it one time and I broke my arm. Serena Williams. I, I did. That's exactly. a true story. True uh, story. And no. you had a mini tramp too. I broke, no, I didn't have a mini tramp, but I did get a hairline fracture in my arm dunking the basketball.
3: <laughs> we Major League Baseball has First seven, and last time. 700 some odd players. Yeah. That's a number, right? Yeah. yeah. So is the best female <laughs> That's player. That's a number. No, I mean, the number is around 700. Yeah. You don't noise. have to dunk. Right. So mm-hmm. like, so is the 700th greatest female baseball player or the right first, there? the top, you mean the top female? Right. Baseball player. Uh, yes. Uh, can is we, she right yeah. there? at number? No, of course uh, not. There's yeah. a story
1: every year and there's one this year. Will this be the first woman to play in the major league uh, in the major leagues? It happens pretty frequently. That
3: story happen. happened. A, there's even a TV yeah. show on it that actually gets it right. I think that the uh, first one will be a knuckleball pitcher. That's which totally right. makes sense. I don't it's know, which dogma. Yeah.
0: No. I don't know. Yeah. Um okay. We we probably need to escape here pretty soon. Um before we go, do we need to talk about this uh Trump tweet? Yeah. <sighs> I think we I think we have to because we said we would. Didn't we kind of just already? We we didn't yet. Obliquely. Moynihan, you need to read this tweet. Read this the, tweet. T- the Trump tweet. Um yeah. two porter. I mean, what a piece of shit this guy is, by the way. (laughs) I'm sorry. They've been been beating him up, too, but it's fine. Whatever. You can do it in Moynihan
3: voice, Southie voice, Trump voice.
0: I've never even tried the Trump voice, but I don't think I'm going to try it. You can just read it straight. I can just read it
1: straight. (laughs) Uh, uh, I want to read this as if I was reading the voiceover for the show that I read. (laughs) I heard poorly rating. Let me me try that again. (laughs) I was just too excited. I got too excited and I fucked it up. I heard poorly rated Morning Joe speaks badly of me. Don't watch anymore. That was a parenthetical, by the way. <laughs> you know, waste those two characters on the parentheses. Then came low IQ, crazy Mika, along with <laughs> psycho Joe. Came, is another came, by the way, and then it's a new tweet. So that's like taking the piece of paper out of the typewriter. Uh, Tamara Lago, three nights in a row around New Year's Eve, and insisted on joining me. She <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. This is this is the real kicker. It's so great. I'll tell you what, Trump knows how to really put the it's, kicker at the end. It's so good. She was bleeding badly from a facelift. (laughs) I said no! Ah! Exclamation point. Wait, what did he say no to? I have no fucking idea. (laughs) Like, the guy's, like, literally a moron. (laughs) I love, like, low IQ crazy Mika, (laughs) which I like the guy crazies capitalized, along with Psycho Joe, also capitalized. (laughs) I mean, it's amazing. I I heard. I said no. (laughs) I said no. She was bleeding badly. This is amazing. Not even even goodly. No, not even goodly. So she had had a facelift, according to Donald Trump, and she wandered, confused with a lack of blood, like a hemophiliac, you know, czarist prince walks in bleeding, baffled and says, I want to join Trump. And someone comes over, I assume a handler of the president, very, you know, he's got the people around him, comes over and says, Crazy Mika, (laughs) low IQ Mika, whatever we're calling Uh, it. Uh, Yeah, Micah. Uh, uh, I don't know where Psycho Joe is. He's probably playing a a show down in Orlando for his Eagles cover band. I gotta tell you, you're bleeding badly. (laughs) From a facelift, so the president no. says no. no. And if it, it was wasn't Sebastian Gorka, was it? it? Was yeah, it was like a like a, a, a oily Hungarian. who was like not not for use. The bleeding face faces face face bleeding. We have. But to I stop. love the fact that he was that she was bleeding blat- bleeding badly from a facelift. I said no, ah. and it was like it's almost as if it was because of the massive external bleeding that he was like. Otherwise, have a seat at the oh table where we're adjudicating the serious strike in public. <laughs> but you're bleeding too bad.
0: I think we have to stop. Now. What the fuck is because wrong? Because I'm not,
1: this I'm not
3: medically able to. Continue that is <laughs> insane. This podcast. That is insane. I think that. Oh my tr- god. I think that. Through your reading, Trump <laughs> just got Camille's vote. Oh, he did. Something happened. Probably. Forever.
1: Dan Scavino, by the he's, way. He's <laughs> actually crying. I just want to say Dan Scavino followed up, the brilliant Dan Scavino, Scavino, with he renamed both of them. So it was like low IQ, like mentally challenged uh, Joe or whatever. His tweet was it was a hashtag. I want to see this as trending. Was dumb as a rock Mika and lover Jealous Joe, (laughs) are lost, confused, and saddened since POTUS Donald Trump stopped returning their calls. Unhinged, because that's (laughs) because that's the patois of Trump. You do you have like a word at the end and just yell it. Unhinged,
0: sad. It is. It is amazing that he has adopted the the Trump the Trump tweet. Yeah, that's what that it's is. It's a
1: style, man. Wow, it's a style. That's a thing.
0: scavy Oh my My eyes, eyes are, are filled with tears. Oh, I actually man. have snot starting yeah. to come out of my nose. Oh man, um, that is just. Yeah. That is one of the most.
1: Yeah.
3: Crazy Camille, yeah, (laughs) yeah, confused Camille, unbelievable experience, dude. You were on Fox and Friends this morning. It's possible that Donald Trump is watching your performance, dude. I was praying for it. In fact, I asked, um, what's
0: the guy? Who's the black guy? Tweet about it Oh, I asked Ed at the end of the show. I said, Ed, look, dude, I just want what's best for the country. Ed, why don't you set up a meeting? Me, Donald Trump. I will just explain some things to him will yeah. make this make sense. Yeah. In fact, I suspect he was definitely watching Eric Bowling's show. So everything I said was for him. Yeah. Everything. And like so that Jeff Sessions dude? That's the reason to fire, be on. Fire that dude. Yeah, Fire him
3: right now, homie.
0: That's the reason to be on. Get rid of him. That's what I did.
3: Um, do
0: you what, think else, that, what else do
3: we got? Do we got anything else? Do you think Trump has uh, an innate appreciation of black scent That's um, a persuasive? Well, he said he loved the blacks love him. Yeah, so
0: <laughs> so I imagine he understands how to talk to them, and Amarosa uh, is probably very good at uh, helping him understand what the, uh, what the what the kids are into <laughs> these days. Or uh, we don't do somebody wrote this much anymore. We, we do do it all the time. I like, think the perpetual. whole thing has become somebody wrote this. Well, sometimes we talk about good things too. But I'll there was this, something.
3: I'll do this quickly. You should do it. I read it, it, and it was offensive. So there's a new book out by a woman named Nancy McLean. Ah, um, uh, the one on Buchanan, yeah, on James Buchanan, who is the nobel prize winning economist who associated uh most um notably with a public choice theory, which I will not totally get right, but ultimately that it's a way of looking at uh government behavior that government and the people in it actually respond to incentives in their own way, just like uh, other actors in the market do, and that's that should govern the way that you imagine um, what they do. Anyway, she has a new book out called a Democracy in Chains, mm. um, which gives you an idea of uh, how she feels about James Buchanan and um, kind of libertarian thought, public choice thought uh, in which she and bear with me here and think this through very, very carefully in which she uh, decides that James Buchanan hates the uh, decision in Brown versus the Board of Education, which desegregated schools or made it illegal to, uh, to segregate schools here. And because of that, and because he's influenced by John C. Calhoun and segregationists in the South, which parenthetically he is not at all, and there's no mm-hmm. evidence for that. Um, because of all of that, that is why Milton Friedman and libertarians and Charles Koch and ultimately Donald Trump mm. believe what they believe, Believe and they um, want to make uh, the world safer for oligarchs and to destroy uh, democracy and to, and to subvert democracy mm. to get their um, um their preferred system through. And so the last week has been a festival. Go to the Washington Post, uh, um, specifically in the Volokh uh, Conspiracy blog. Plenty of other places, bleeding heart libertarians soon on reason as well after we digest it and see all the ways that she's misrepresented the work of Brian Doherty, who wrote Radicals for Capitalism, which she footnoted a lot there. But she has actually taken the words from Tyler Cowen at George Mason, from James Buchanan himself, from other people and quoted them to mean the exact opposite of of uh, what they uh, meant in context in order to support the flimsy theory. So uh, that it's all some kind of racist, uh, you know, straight from John Calhoun to Murray Rothbard to James Buchanan, which is a progression that makes zero sense for anyone who's paid any attention (coughs) to economics, to libertarianism, to modern American history. Um,
0: Conspiracy theory on these things are amazing. Her resume suggests that she should not be uh, a dim person. But she is too dangerously stupid, at least based on the evidence that is available, to brush her teeth without endangering her own life by shoving the toothbrush all the way down her throat. There it is, is. This, is, this really is, and this isn't about my politics here, but this is one of the, the most stupid things I've ever encountered. Like, there is an exchange between her and Russ Roberts, who is a friend of Tyler Collins, who wrote a piece defending his friend. And in her response, the rebuttals are some of the most ridiculous, absurd things I've ever seen.
3: It's almost as if she doesn't understand how to engage in a rational argument. This is an important point to make out, and it's and it's a cautionary tale for those in the right who indulge in the fantasies that Saul Alinsky is the puppet master, yeah. even though he's been dead for God knows how long <laughs> of everyone on the left rules for radicals is, is right. That's 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 governing everything Um when you're going to write about a subculture and the the actual <clears throat> recipient of some idiot wrote this should be the New Republic interview with Alex Shepard. Oh, my God. Such that a she did, which is incredible, Uh which in the intro. <laughs> when she <laughs> says, I didn't know he won a Nobel Prize. When I was like, that was weird. She had been researching him for a while and then said <laughs> and then i discovered he, he won the nobel prize <laughs> which is like I, you know i'm writing a book on carl ustrinski and i then i discovered he won the triple crown in 1967 yeah. i'm just doing that because camille is just no no i mean it's you know at
0: least she figured it out i'm still thinking about mika
3: bleeding from her face the <laughs> <laughs> The, the one of the main problems to take it back to George Orwell and the and the quote that uh, Jake Tapper pointed out earlier is that and and this and this goes into Orwell's own. Uh, repudiation, self-repudiation of his comment about how uh, uh, pacifists are objectively pro-fascist. Yeah. The yeah. error in that statement that he made at that time, which is a great kind of politically rallying statement to rise up these dumb pacifists and make them understand that they're basic, basically advocating for Hitler and what they're doing. Um, the problem in doing things like that, and this is the equivalent of what she's doing here, that libertarians, James Buchanan, these people, they are all handmaidens for kind of a segregationalist oligarchy. Segregationalist? Um, yeah, that's fine. No, we'll that's we'll, make, it, we'll that's make up words, that's fine. Um, uh, <laughs> is the, it's better than like trying to figure out how to pronounce fucking Mika, Muka, China, um, that if you don't pay any attention at all to the actual beliefs and actual motivations of the people that you're criticizing, at some point you're going to be tripping up on fact. Yeah. Uh, and and this is, and this, <clears throat> in the Orwell case, that was very explicit in his own self-repudiation. It's like, that is a shortcut away from the truth. Just to, to blanketly say that you are objectively pro-fascist if you're a pacifist, you're not understanding their motivation. And so therefore, you're not going to understand what they do next. It's bad strategy, in addition to being bad sort of intellectual work. And this is shot through it. Every single day, that, that uh, this week, I've read probably four pieces that are not even arguing with her thesis for the most part. It's just arguing with her basic presentation of facts here because she built this narrative, which is something that Camille talks about a lot here. um, And everything must fit into the narrative, Mm. even if she has no experience with economics or libertarianism or anything else like that. And so she's Cherry picking footnotes to get things in there, and it's like shock doctrine 2.0. Basically, yeah. Naomi Klein's book from 2007 ish, I think that I, I think that you uh, reviewed for us back in the day and, at Reason, or at least uh, talked about it at some point. About it. I mean, maybe I, I mean, Johan Norberg wrote a whole book about it. Yeah, right. Um, and it's this, and so therefore I, I fear, and judging by early reviews in Slate, and the New Republic, and and elsewhere, that people. In this kind of wish fulfillment, more than confirmation bias, right? It's wish fulfillment. This serves a purpose that I I desperately need, which is to say these people who maybe agree with us on gay marriage, maybe agree with us on issues of foreign policy. Maybe they agree a bit too much on that, in fact, and so they must be crazy. Yeah. Whatever. We, We have to have a theory. That puts makes them all complicit with Donald Trump or Richard Spencer or whoever that we hate right now. This is the book that does this. But the quality of the intellectual work, the inability to look at actually what the people believe and to be serious about the footnotes and tracing the intellectual arguments behind them um, is a very, very sad commentary on where this type of. Of thought and argument has gotten to in modern America.
1: Uh, one final thing in this, because we have to get out of here, is um, you know on the thing of the Coke conspiracy and uh, Jane Mayer's book and everything. Uh, Freakonomics, the podcast, which I think might be hosted by the New York Times sometimes, and I, I don't know who's, but it's it's mm. it, you know pretty broad base and has every theology in it. There's a two part interview. Uh, and the last episode was a two-part interview with Charles Koch. Uh, one was the broadcast one. They broadcast on NPR. And then the next one was a kind of 40-minute addendum that is uh, pretty interesting. And, um, you know, Freakonomics is uh, very, very fair and just g- goes through every issue uh, with him. And I found it a pretty, pretty enlightening because, you know, despite – the fact that I, I, you know, I worked at Reason, and apparently, according to some some paranoiacs, this part of this, the tentacles of the co-conspiracy, I've never met the guy, I don't know much about him, I don't know much about the company or the foundation <clears throat> and, and all that Camille stuff. That's Camille clearing his That's Camille clearing his throat. Not saying anything. I do, but I don't. I'm, I, I'm outside of that world and I know nothing about it. So it was actually a fairly enlightening thing for me. I don't I don't know a ton about the guy. But I thought it was, uh, I thought, you know, to that grand conspiracy, I thought Freakonomics did a good job of just saying, hey, you know what? It's boring to totally brutalize you all the time. Um, what do you think? And I, I, I thought it was, uh, was pretty interesting.
3: To that end, there was a book whose name I'm forgetting right now, but by a Mother Jones writer that came out. Uh, yeah. Sounds of, of Wichita, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. It
0: was, uh, yeah, Fang. Who gets credit for that, by the way? That because yeah. you guys are kind of well, you well. mentioned you the mention book, it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. We yeah. we yeah. will we, we, we'll share the credit. At any rate, it was some other. I, Jones I or, If someone was tallying it, I won today. <laughs> uh,
3: <laughs> and um, but he was a good enough journalist, and this is true of all super good journalism is that if it's good enough it'll survive its own thesis Mm -hmm. um and that it'll give people who don't believe in the thesis enough ammunition to have something to chew on and in fact his thesis changed he was thought that he was doing a jane mayer style book there's going to be a hit piece in the cokes and discovered hey it's kind of interesting there that they genuinely believed in their approach which is kind of Easy to find out there. There's a lot of documentary record. It wasn't just about they woke up in the morning trying to pollute down the throats of human beings and inventing an ideology that would support that. It was a little bit more complicated than that. And so if you want to have that type of understanding of the supposed enemy or the supposed friend, go, go to people who are actual journalists. And who are not charlatans, I think that Nancy McLean is a charlatan.
0: No, I mean it's I think it's a great uh, a great point to end on. And it, it reminds me of the just the interesting day that I've had from four thirty this morning to now uh ten, twelve at night. I've been talking about ideas and doing media stuff all day long and and spent a lot of hours uh in the news court building um on a on a network that has in recent months been called like Trump's Pravda. Uh, the, the state-run media, um, it, it isn't those things, uh, despite the fact that lots of folks on the network um, are rabidly pro-Trump. And Fox <coughs> and a Friends is, <laughs> Blue is, is Blue effectively Dash. kind Dash. of sort of uh, almost an in, in, in infomercial for Donald Trump. That, that being said, they, like, have me on. And they know that I'm not a, a rabid Trump supporter and I denigrate the Benghazi conspiracy um, for the canard that it is. Um, And again, I'm on the air and they knew that I would say this. This is not a surprise. Um, And for whatever reason, like tonight, uh, I got a a weird retweet from Fox News. The quote they excerpted from me is me denigrating Jeff Sessions for doubling down on the drug war, which I, I love that that's the thing they pulled out. Maybe they thought I was complimenting him. (laughs) but definitely not. Yeah. Um, It's possible. But I I say all of that because the reason I will go just about anywhere and have a conversation with just about anyone is because I am interested in reaching your audience and sharing my perspective and confronting your ideas and not pretending that you are a space monster who is actually motivated by by evil only, exclusively. Um, And I think that once you do that, the capacity to have a productive meaningful conversation is actually enhanced uh tremendously when you don't do that, you end up like this moron uh, who wrote this book, uh, which should be which should be burned. Not because oh, wow. not wow. because not because Jeez. people shouldn't read it, but for her own benefit. This is just an embarrassing. So you just to save herself, yes. from herself, and then yeah. jump into the fire. Oh, uh, and yeah. on that note, yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's not really serious. I kid. I kid. I she'll kid. Be on the show sometimes, no, there. I kid. It's I. It's love. I'm a little inebriated. I I don't really no, right. to jump <laughs> in the Shut fire. Shut up. Off. I kid. Um, no, this has been this has been wonderful and delightful. And I'm really, really tired and I have so much work to do. And yeah. I'm gonna get punched in the face. Go to sleep. By go home, go to sleep. go to sleep. Um, but where is my home? Really? Do yeah, you know I've been just trying to fucking end this thing? Oh, oh listen, <laughs> I decided today. I decided today I'm announcing it here. I'm not buying that house. Oh, but I'm not leaving Bed-Stuy either. I think I'm gonna stay for a year. And interestingly, That's the game that I'm playing now is is it fireworks? Is it engine backfire? Or is that a gunshot? It's a gunshot. We don't know. It's mm. a gunshot. Next time on the fifth column. Uh Matt, Moynihan, I think we're done. We out. We're done. We Bye. out. We, we, Bye. We need no uh, new methods of attack.
2: The